What's going on, everybody? E- this is SecDevOps.ai. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. We have Jonathan Wood in the building. Amazing. We've been, like, as soon as we started, like, doing the podcast together, I was like, we have to have Jonathan Wood on. Mm-hmm. And we finally have you here in the flesh. Amazing. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm Absolutely. glad to be. I'm glad to be here. Great. Yeah. So uh, we recently met, got connected in another way. How did you two meet? I, I know you guys met a bit differently than how we got introduced. Do, when, you, do you remember where? I do. We, we were at met? RSA. We were at RSA. Yeah, we were at RSA together, and uh, we uh, first I came to your suite, yeah. and then you took me out to to get some. Uh, what was it? Soup? No, Chapino. Chapino. That's what it was. Don't yeah. ask me to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, yeah. No, and we instantly started talking. Yeah. And. We found out we have a love of books. That's true. Books, personal growth, leadership, development, all that stuff. And so instant friends, absolutely. Or maybe that's just your job as a salesperson. No, no, no. You do that with everybody. No, no. That was, (laughs) you know, if you – some break bread, we were eating Chipino. Yep. And then the books topic (laughs) came up and, like, you could tell how, like, thirsty and hungry you are. And, like, it was just – it was easy. It was easy to connect. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. Uh, so, yeah, for everybody that doesn't know who you are just yet, uh, kind of take us through your background and what you're doing right now. So, um, I work over at TrueStar right now, and I run sales uh, responsible for revenue and global over there. And really, that's code to just making sure we're actually talking about a problem that's relevant to our customers mm-hmm. and helping them solve something that's meaningful. Um, it's a lot of fun. I got a really good team. Um, we're high growth. Uh, we are in constant, you talked about learning, evolution, and growth. Right. That is our stage. Um, it's a lot of fun that's based off of it. And so I've always been on the sales side. I kind of found myself in security about 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my fourth startup on my nice. side. Wow. Uh, Very impressive. Pretty fortunate. I've been a part of uh, two acquisitions. And then I was with fantastic company, Risk IQ, before for four years. And then mm. got the chance to build and yeah. On the sales team here, and here, here I am in Vegas on the couch with you guys. There you go, you <laughs> <Yeah>. made it. <laughs> Too awesome. So one thing that I wanted to bring up to you is: is did you always have that thirst for for reading and knowledge, or is that something you sort of cultivated over time? Um, that's a really good question. So somewhere, maybe listening to this is uh, Debbie Wood, my mom. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a son of an English teacher. And I stubbornly rejected reading when I was growing up. And I think I associated with reading with the school assignment and a teacher telling me I needed to read something. So there's a little bit of a natural like resistance to that. Yeah. And I didn't realize and it was all to my own fault that reading is this whole world that you can pick subjects, topics, people, times um, yeah. that you can explore. Yeah. And then when I finally discovered that, um, I just feel like it just like completely opened up the aperture of my perspective of it. And then you can just go down and start learning, reading. And then yeah. like you talk to people and everyone's got something that they recommend mm-hmm. right. as well. So, yeah, I was always around books, always around reading. Mm-hmm. I just didn't take it in. Wow. And I'm kicking myself. Yeah. I feel like I'm making up for lost time. That's good, though. At least yep. you found yeah. it. <clears throat> yeah. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. You have to start somewhere. So what about you, Chris? How did you find your love for reading? Oh, goodness. So everyone, people that follow me on 
uh, LinkedIn know this because I actually just posted about this maybe a couple weeks ago. I have a collection of 150 or so Goosebump books. Uh, I started reading really probably in, in the second grade and I found Goosebump books. And I was like, oh, you know, you know, the scholastic book fair that goes sure. around. And I was like, ah, oh, this looks interesting. It was Curse of the Mummy's Tomb or, or something or the uh, yeah, something like that. And I read it and I was instantly like engrossed in this other world. Didn't have a lot of friends when I was a kid all the way up and through middle school. High school was a little bit better, but so I would like just dive into books. And I got to the point where I didn't even feel like I was reading words. I feel like this movie was like playing in my mind. It was like this like this flow state that I would get into when I would read and I would just like buy every single Goosebumps book that I could. And so I actually bought an entire set for my girls. And, but since then I've been like just this crazy reader. I just want to read everything, everything that I can get my hands on. And then I found out that I sort of came to this conclusion that you can read someone's life work. Like they've spent 20 or 30 years doing one thing and that's what they dedicated their life to. And you can sort of pay homage to them and also like gain that knowledge that they've spent their entire life doing in a few days. And I think that's really, really powerful because it's like a, a force multiplier for yourself. You have like ideas and stuff that didn't necessarily come from you. They came from experts that have spent their entire life doing this stuff. Yep. So that's how I started it's definitely encoding wisdom into something that's a little more bite-sized. Right. I, I also had a bit of a rough entry into diving into more books. My, my preferred method is Audible because I'm okay. driving a lot. I live around yeah. 45 minutes away from my office. So every single day, it's car university for me. And I crush through at least probably like one audio book a week at this point. So I'm still not necessarily doing a lot of reading outside of technical stuff but a lot of the content that i ingest for personal growth and self-help and whatnot is typically through audible what's what's your favorite audible book that is a really good question uh off the top of my mind i would have to say managing oneself never read it it's a it's a great great book by peter drucker um we live in a world today where we don't work with the same people over the course of our career we work with many people, so that puts a lot more responsibility on us to manage oneself and make sure that you go to the point where you want to be. So that's uh, that's number one on my list at the point. I have a favorite book, but I, don't, I think I will get dinged if I say his name again on this podcast <laughs> one more time. But no, it's, it's to, David Goggins. How to win, friends? No, no, no. no? That, 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 I, okay. My favorite uh, audio book. Okay. My favorite audio book is uh, Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins. I've said David oh. Goggins' names like a million yeah. times on the show. So, mm-hmm. so I just told somebody today about how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. I got that from you. Yeah. It's like it, one of the most classic books. I've it never is. read it. It Incredible. It, it's so simple, but it's so impactful and powerful, especially in today's age. Because that's a lot of knowledge and things that people don't do today. Mm-hmm. Just common decency, good person stuff that people just don't do. So you ended up finishing it then? I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. And it's like, it's so clear and simple the way that it's written, it too, is. which is refreshing. Right. To be able to see that as well. Yep. Um, how do you consume books on your side? So I do both. Uh, sometimes I like a, a, a tangible book. Like, I like to be able to see the words. Um, and, and I think it's just ease of, of access. Like, if I can just get a book or I get a book from a friend like you, you give me books, I, I read the the actual physical book, but I also do Audible as well. Uh, I like doing Audible for longer books because sometimes it's hard to, to 
chunk out that time to like sit down, have a quiet space, actually pop open a book and read it. But whenever you're in the car, you can pop, you know, the audible back on and and just kind of consume it in bite-sized chunks. It makes it a little easier, you know, saving your space in a book with a a bookmark is, is, it seems tough nowadays. I'm Mm -hmm. sure it was easier back in the day, but. So I'm, I'm the same way. So I started and I, I, when, when I finally like learned, like you said, right, you can consume somebody's life in a book for $20. Right. Yes. You know, I finally like accepted, like if somebody's going to recommend a book, I'm just going to buy it. And if it's only cost $15, $20, yeah. that's a really good value regardless, even if it sits on my bookshelf. Right. I feel smarter. Yeah. It's part of it, right? A little <laughs> it psychology. I feel it is smarter. a little, yeah. Just seeing them on there. So I started to buy them and then I would only buy like hardback books. Yeah. It's just what I would buy. I'd buy them used on Amazon, have mm-hmm. them come in. It's like, ding, doorbell, here we go. You yeah. Know, yep. what, what did I order? Yeah. What did I get? And then I'd have my kids make bookmarks for me. Oh, wow. And so, like, when I go through my – I have a shelf in my office that has all my favorite books. Mm-hmm. And now what's fun is when I open it up, you know, whatever the time was that I was reading it, yeah. I got a bookmark for my kids. And yeah. I have them sign it and date it. Wow. And I'm like, you know, I, I had them go through. I'm like, pick that one out. You know, I hadn't read it in a while. They open it up. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That was from five years ago. Right. And then that's so, awesome. So now, like – um. I think they wanted to like, you know, watch YouTube for like two hours or something completely worthless of what they wanted the other day. I'm like, you owe me two bookmarks. And so they went and made it, crafted it, put them together. And it's just become kind of like a fun thing with that to do. And then I don't, you know, I hope they enjoy reading as much as I do or Mm -hmm. more. Yeah. Um, But it's also become like a nice thing for me to open it up and see it. Mm -hmm. But then I travel quite a bit and then that broke my streak. I mean, I was... On an airplane, you sit down. I mean, nothing says don't talk to me than a dude pulling out a hardback book with a highlighter. So I read with a highlighter. Yeah. So I have a highlighter, and it's like, you know, give me my space. I'm reading here. And then finally, though, just carrying books and the weight of it. And like you were saying, you get like a big like biography of somebody. Right. Like, I can't travel with that. Yeah. So then I moved to Kindle. I can't do it. <laughs> game, game changer. I, I, I almost I, can't read without it now. I, oh, I've, wow. I've bought yeah. two of them. I just can't do it. Like, really? I, I, I like the the feeling of a book in my hands. It's Really? It's it's hard for me to do the Kindle. Oh. I, and nothing against Kindle. I love that. I think love it's a it. great technology. Love but it. I, I was, I'm like their poster child now. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to accept it. And then how light it is. Yeah. Um, you can still highlight. So I get all my notes at the end. Yep. I love that you can read at night so I can like read at night and my wife's not like, hey, turn the light off type right, of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, just traveling, I put it in my backpack. Yeah. So so I made the I made the move, bought it, I was pretty fired up. Like instantly I was like, Why didn't I do this years ago? Yeah. And I was sitting there, southwest, you know, ex- row sixteen, exit row, you're kinda in there. Yeah. And I'm kinda sitting there waiting. I've got my thing on me. It's so light, I get up and leave. Left it on my flight. Oh. oh. And can you believe that? Nobody turned it in. Somebody took it. Of course not. They're going to read your book. You, you I know. Somebody whoever's <laughs> out there, whoever's out there, you know. When you see Jay Wood, Kindle, and you got it, I'm coming for you. Yeah. And so I, 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 I'm, I'm going to know it. So I instantly ordered a new one, and I'm like yeah. back on it. And then I moved over to, I think it's Scribd. Oh, okay. I mean, it's like, you know, Netflix yeah. for audio. Right. Something like $85 for the year. Yeah. Um, and and it, I, it's through the Kindle as well? No, just um, I do it on my phone. On it's, your phone. It's, so it's all audio. Oh, it's all but audio. But like probably six out of every 10 books, it's on it. And then I've been trying to add in more fiction because gotcha. I look at my list and it's like all the like, 
you know, how to win right. friends. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And it's like, man, Thinking I, I need rich. A, yeah. 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 Know, millionaire next door. Yeah, millionaire. Oh, you know, I, I got like about. MND in my mind. <laughs> I'm like, oh. And, and so I had to, yeah, David Goggins. Yeah. And then so I, I use that for fiction or like, okay. um, like just beastie biographies <laughs> that I'm like, like, you know, there I did one on like the Brooklyn Bridge or mm-hmm. the Jamestown Flood or those that are like pretty detailed. I'm like, just I do that when I travel. Right. Because there's so much dead space between like sitting in an Uber, boarding a plane, you're sitting there, just mm-hmm. all that standing in line. Yep. So I that's kind of what I've done. That's actually my favorite uh, part. Uh, that's my favorite time to read books is like while I'm at the airport, while I'm traveling, because yeah. there's so much time where it's not convenient to be on my laptop or on my phone. Mm. It's the most convenient time for me to read during the, the plane. Uh, in the car, well, not in the car, but listen in the car. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless you're in a Tesla, hey. <laughs> unless uh, yeah, self-driving <laughs> mode. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, what about you? What what book uh, have you liked most on audio? Oh man. Um, well, I've got a question before I go back to that. <laughs> when you do the audio and you're standing in line, yep. and let's just pretend you're at the grocery store or you're waiting to be in line, do you recall parts of the book to where you were standing at the time? Because I've had that recall, like, and I remember when I learned it, but where I am. It's kind right. of, I don't, I don't know why or what, but I've found that with audio, I more associate learning to physically where I was mm-hmm. right. or what I was doing mm-hmm. based off of it. I think so. I think especially since I've gotten into the idea of memory palaces, I'm definitely uh, using more visual cues to remember information. So like I'll, if I read a book, I'll try to put the topics in a memory palace. Hmm. So I'll walk around my house. I'll say, all right, this is the first thing that I see in this room. This is the chapter. How do I associate whatever this object or places with that chapter topic? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I coincidentally do that with like where I'm at, especially when I'm driving, like certain signs. I'm like, Oh yeah. I remember this part in the huh. book that was very impactful. Are you doing that now? Are you looking around the room and and <laughs> you, yes. is, is this room surrounded by a series of questions <laughs> yes. that we're gonna go through? <laughs> There's one under the chair, <laughs> one on yeah. your head. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with Jim Quick? No. So Jim Quick, uh, he actually, uh, I was put on by Ron. Uh, he has two courses. That probably has more than that, but two primary courses. There is a memory course. Uh, where he teaches you like certain frameworks and and mental tips to remember things and also reading and uh not to to give away like the most impactful tip uh go out there and buy it if if you're interested in reading faster but one of the things that he mentions in reading faster you can read 30 percent faster i think is what he said is read with your finger okay read with your finger and that's a part of the reason why it was a little difficult for me with the kindle because when you put your finger on the screen yes. right. it actually turns the page and does yeah. other stuff right yeah um, but up. yeah so give that a shot like when you're reading like a physical book next time take a few pages maybe like five pages time yourself and then read again with the finger and see how much faster you actually are I and actually it actually helps with retention as well i need mm-hmm. to do that i'm actually a really slow reader for as much as I read, yeah, I'm pretty weak. I need up that. I mean, that that would actually yeah, help me. Yeah, try it. That would help me a that lot. That was that was absolutely my problem, and still is something that I'm developing. Is reading speed along with if you're going to read faster, you also have to worry about the comprehension, like yep. and yeah. retaining all that information. So, yep. taking these courses was, I think, it revitalized my desire to want to read more hard copies. Do you increase the speed on your audio? 
<laughs> this guy is the worst. <laughs> yeah, what are you ro- rolling at? Like a 2.0? Are you just like 2X in it? Most books 2X. Really? If it's a slower reader, maybe 2.5. Seriously. There's <laughs> only been like one He's book insane. where I've taken it to 3. Man, I'm going to be <laughs> self-conscious. I need to start talking faster. <laughs> I know. Like, get I need to, to get the it going. No. <laughs> right. I, I get in the car with him, and he's like, hey, let's listen to uh, some TED Talks. I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. Get in, and he's like, <laughs> hey, 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 I'm like, oh, bro, come on. I, I can do like 1.5 max. Let's slow it down That's just a little I bit. I'm 1.5 max. So i got to like peel it back. When, yeah. when, when others are in the car with me, I go 1.25. Oh, okay. <laughs> you might not notice <laughs> it. <laughs> you got the seat setting, the temperature, yeah. and the audio. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. awesome. So back to my question, uh, have there been any books that you've listened to uh, and on audio that you really liked? Kind of like the David Goggins, I know how yeah. impactful that was for you. Right. Was there any like audio content that was really set home? So just audio. Um, on books, I don't know if I have like a go-to audio book that I just have. I mean, I've listened to a couple that like when the authors read it and definitely based off of the voice and the tone and all that stuff, it like – it settles in. It yep. really brings the character to life. It does. And it, and, and it means a lot um, from that side. Um, I do a lot of podcasts, so I kind of have a couple go-to. I mean, I'm always looking on nice. that. But I don't know if I have, like, a solid audio book that I just said. I heard Extreme Ownership with Jocko in them yeah, on audio. Man. I heard yeah. on – I mean, that guy's voice is yeah. incredible. It is incredible. <laughs> um, I almost can hear him, like, whispering in my ear or, like, when I'm waking up at 4.30, he's like, get up. Up before the get enemy. up right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Charlie's your looking for you. So a little shout out to uh, there's a group called the Security Advisor Alliance. Yeah, they put on a really great quality content, and they've got um, a lot of stuff they do for youth give back, and they bring some of the uh, top CISOs together. But they did an event, and um, at one of their summits, uh, Jocko came. Mm. And they got him before Jocko became like nationally like right. Jocko. Yeah. And um, the guy had a presence. It was um, everybody. It was very interesting to see <laughs> right. how like intimidating, but he's so calm, like such a good guy. Yeah. Uh, he was there the night before, like eating dinner around and like nobody felt comfortable sitting by him, even though he was like really relaxed because you're like, right. this guy. Yeah. He's this intense. Guy's intense. But yep. he was actually not intense. He's. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like incredibly approachable, really uh, – yeah, anyway. It was, so how was your dinner with Jocko? Because um, I know that you went over there and probably no. I came I, I came in at the end. You okay. know, I didn't mm-hmm. want to come in too hot. Yeah. I didn't know how I'd behave myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely excited based off of it. But, no, he was – he was he was pretty cool, but I've heard his audio is awesome. Yeah, because it of is. his voice. It is, his voice is awesome. It's, it's like perfect for. It, he's not talking down to you, but he's talking with authority. Sure, and and he, he's not doing it from like I'm important. It's more of like this is what we need to do. It's yeah. almost like almost like an inclusive thing. And did you know he actually writes uh, kids books as well? I, I I bought those for the kids. You did? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I got it for for my <laughs> yeah. daughter as well. Yeah, I think it was like a uh, doorstop for a little bit, and then finally, like my son heard a friend was reading it, and then they yeah. like crushed it in a day. Wow. Nice. I was like, all right, that's cool. Roundabout like boomerang back into their into their orbit. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's cool. He's doing that with the kids. I think it's cool too. Like, I think it kind of proves the point. Everybody wants a coach, whether they admit it or not. And like you hear, like you said, the way he talks. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not talking down. It's like right. wanting to raise you up. Absolutely. And you're like, yeah, I got more in me. I can bring more out. 
Yeah. I think that's neat. He's taking that like towards the kids approach too. Right. And yep. he's kind of teaching the parents too, right? Don't yes. you think? Yeah. Don't you think? When oh, you're, big time. You're like, let me read this for my kids. And yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> I need to start doing that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, this kid's doing pull-ups. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should all be doing pull-ups. And you're like, go bust out. Yeah. A few. <laughs> you're like, I'm just more of a flex arm hang guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna stay. <laughs> let's let's see if I can get 30 yeah. seconds off the chair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you. Speaking about books, you've given me a couple books. 12 Pillars was awesome. Awesome story. Really cool. Uh, and what's funny is it was more of like, it, there were a couple nuggets in there that were new for me. But a lot of those things just reinforced our ideas that I already had. Uh, you just gave me another book. And so you're, you're, you're definitely giving back, right? You're giving to people that you care about. Um, and I heard you're doing some more giving. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Uh, sure. I mean, I'd say I'm as amateurs amateur could get on this at all so um i'd say it's uh incredibly new i'm trying to learn and find the things that um uh bring me a lot of energy so right now i'm kind of uh there's a little bit of a uh, well there's a selfish element of what are the things that kind of get me fired up that are also tied back to um not directed towards me yeah. so um a couple things right like um uh, I, for outside of work, like the things where I spend my time with, I love coaching my kids sports teams. Mm -hmm. Um, I was coaching teams before I had kids. Wow. Um, you know, what sports? I, when, um, I do soccer, even though I didn't <clears throat> actually play a lot of soccer, yeah. uh, basketball. And then, um, those are the, like the two main ones. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but there's a lot of really good parallels between those two sports right. as well. And so, um, do those and so I, that was the first time I found out like I really like this this gets me excited um so I was coaching before I had kids and then I've been coaching since the kids have been able to do that right and now they're starting to get older they're fifth and fourth grade that they're kind of you know they're they're moving out a little bit but I'm yep. hanging on to like a sport or two yeah that I can still have um so that's always been something that like gets me pumped um I think it makes me think about my team myself communication um it's really hard to explain to a kid how to do a layup yeah. Um, it sounds simple, but when you got to break it down, yes. um, you know, how can you speak, um, clarity? Um, how do you speak with a purpose? Um, making the complex simple. Yep. I and mean, there's a lot of cool lessons out of that. Right. So like I put like the bucket use sports, uh, for sure. Like if somebody was like, Hey, you can go coach a water polo team. I'd be like, yeah, I don't know anything about it, but I would do it. <laughs> um, there's that, um, something new. And then I'm going to be more involved here in the next month is there's this group called uh, coaching for literacy. Mm -hmm. And um, they combined kind of all of what we're talking about. I read an article one time um, about this organization, and they use sports, and they use specifically basketball, uh, college basketball. Yeah. And they're moving into NBA, but that's my favorite sport. And they use that as a vehicle to really address youth literacy issues that are out there. Mm -hmm. And they have all the Division One schools that end up doing fight for literacy games. And if you ever watch a game and you see somebody wearing, well, it's this color. If you ever see somebody wearing a green tie and handkerchief and stuff, that's a uh, coaching for literacy uh, game that they do. Ah. And I think there's something kind of cool of kind of the look over here, you got sports, but it's really to tie back to the power of literacy. Right. right. And I guess I'd say the other thing, like I default to if it goes back to like youth mm -hmm. and something giving back, you kind of have me there. Right. So, you know, you, I'm trying to learn the things that get me fired up. Um, and when I look at that too, like we were talking about, like how I keep learning from literacy. And then I look at a kid who right. hasn't had that opportunity yet. Yep. And, you know, 
it's hard not to look at any kid and say there is a world of opportunity in them. They probably don't know it. Right. Um, and there is almost anything they can't do or accomplish. And then you see, man, imagine if they can learn. Right. Imagine if they find the thing that gets them a little bit of fire. Yeah. So those are a couple things on my side. But, again, I'm I'm a rookie, man. Yeah. How, how about on your side? Like, what what what's your guys' take on giving and how you approach it or look at it? Yeah, there's there's always opportunity to give back, especially we're only here because someone was kind and, and uh, gracious enough to give us resources, opportunities to thrive in today's world in the first place. So whenever we're doing things like this, the podcast, I look at it as a huge opportunity for me, not only to give back, but offer mentoring services and coaching services for free for those that uh, you know are on the same trajectory as myself. So I, I use definitely this as one of the main ways LinkedIn for yeah. giving back. I, I see unlimited uh, opportunity and possibilities, and I'm just very excited to see what's going to happen next because just having this conversation right now is going to mm -hmm. open up many other conversations. We're, we already talked about books, gave back some information on that, and now uh, we're going to talk more about you know, your other projects too that you're starting to get in on. So I think that this is really my platform and Chris's platform also. So that's my, my strategy. Yeah. So one of my personal philosophies and, and not everybody adheres to something like this, but I think it's our duty to give back to children. Not everybody has the ability to have kids, but I think it's everyone's duty to help make the next generation the best that they can possibly be because human beings are all about survival. But now we're getting into a stage where people can be absolutely selfish and not contribute to society. And so I feel like it, it, it'd be short sighted for people to say, it's all about me and, and I'm, I don't care about the kids. The kids is what is going to continue this train moving forward. Kids are going to be the ones that are taking care of you when you're old and you can't take care of yourself. So you really want to invest in these kids like with knowledge, with resources, with uh, encouragement, all these things to make them better so that society is better in the future. You, things are okay now. They're better than what they were maybe 200 years ago, 300 years ago, but they can also get better in the future. And if we think about that with that mindset, we can definitely give back. I try to, to go around. I, I just got back from uh, Gen Cyber Academy in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, speaking with kids. These kids were nasty on the keyboard. Like they were coding beyond my current capability. That's and I, cool. I was like, that is amazing. Because when I came up and I went to college, even when I went to college, they didn't have network security majors or cybersecurity majors, they, they just had computer science. Like, oh, you want to do computers? Computer science is what it is. And, and that's not what I wanted to do. But now kids have all these options. And so now I can actually start talking to them about cybersecurity. And it's not something that they have to wait 10 years down the road to start dabbling in or playing around with. They can play with it right now. And so what, I, what I'd like to try to do is to be that example of what you can achieve and then push them to achieve more than what I have right now whenever they're my age. Well, you know they're watching and you know they're listening. And, like, I don't know how it's not going to be better. Because, mm -hmm. like you said, right, like um, I talked earlier about the Secu uh, Security Advisor Alliance. And that's yep. another thing that, again, tie back to youth in the groups. And I'd say that's one that, like, default, fantastic organization anytime. But they do a capture the flag exercise and they do these summits for these kids. Yep. I'm on the business side, right? I'm not technical. And right. then I'm around there watching and just the questions they ask, I mean, A, they're 
you know, they're, they're, you know, above me in every way. Yep. But like, I love when they're asking questions to some people that have some great chops and they're kind of looking around their shoulder, like, man, who can I get to help me? Right. Mm -hmm. And you see how excited they are. And you look at like the great people in our industry that are doing this now, these kids are 17, 16, 15 doing all this stuff. Yep. I don't know how it's not going to be incredible. Right. What they're going to end up doing. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see it for yeah. sure. What do you think has been something, uh, one of the most uh, meaningful things that you've learned as you transition into more of a coach and take on more of these opportunities? Um, on the business side or the personal side? Uh, more so personal, but it could be business also. That's, yeah, either or works. Um, I mean, just kind of the constant, I think the thought of like always raising your own personal game, mm. kind of like the law of the lid, like you want, I want so much from my team and that could be defined as like my current team or it could be like my kid's sports team, like right. whatever it is, but we'll take the business perspective. Like I want so much from my personal with the team for them in their career, but like you have to always keep raising your game too. Um, because you know, there ends up becoming a cap of what the team is and who you surround yourself with. And you always want the next growth to be. So I think there's that of like to to want the best for your team, you also have to keep investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. So there's that component. Um, it's difficult to communicate effectively. Um, that's another thing. Yeah. Uh, going back to like completely being a rookie on that, like I've, I've got a lot to gain and, and learn on that side as well. Um, when I think about like the great leaders I've been around, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of have these flashbacks when they're replaying things in your mind. You're like, man, there was like something so elegant but simple yep. right. about it. And it could have been the use of silence when most people would talk. Yep. It could have been the use of saying two words instead of ten. Yep. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of things um, coming at you hard when maybe some people would be soft and back away. Right. So there's so many nuances. Um, I'd say the communication for sure. Um, and then just like right now, just trying to make sure like – uh, my philosophy for like my team and then for myself is like, I want like each time we interact with people, each time they see us, they're like, I, I, that guy's upping his game every time. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I wonder what they're going to be like uh, 90 days from now. Right. When I see them next black hat, I'm kind of curious, what is he reading? What is he doing? Yep. I wonder what else he's doing in. And it's not just like stale because, yep. you know, our industry is not stale right. it's on fire yeah and it's like if you're somebody who's constantly investing growing improving and stuff like that so um i think those are like some of the core things great that's 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 very nice what about you chris um because you're definitely going through i would say something similar you're coaching a lot yeah yeah i'm trying to give back uh in, in a few different ways uh, i think the biggest challenge for me is giving back at scale because i want to help as many people as possible so i put out things that are gonna hopefully outlive me some of the posts i put online uh, our shows with the sectofops.ai stuff and then uh we actually have been talking about uh, a bit of a project, uh, maybe a little bit of a book uh, that we're going to be working right. on here soon. What? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's been, first heard. It's been whoa. It's top secret. No whoa. one knows. Yeah, yeah. Shh. Don't tell anybody. Seriously. Hopefully this doesn't go viral because then everybody will know. Just pretend I'm not here talking. <laughs> what What are you guys thinking? 
We can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk when the cameras are off. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> we, go. we got some good, good things cooking. But I, I, I want to be able to reach a lot of people. The, I, I, talk, I talk to my wife about it all the time. And the, the worst feeling is being here at, at Hacker Summer Camp. So many people have reached out to me like, hey, let's grab coffee. Let's grab a beer. Because, you know, you're here and I've seen you. Uh, you're doing good things. And it's probably been like a couple dozen people. And I, I, I hate saying, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just so busy. Like, I feel like a jerk, but I just have only have so much time. And sure. so finding ways to, to give uh, knowledge or encouragement to people at scale has been really what I've been focusing on. Um, also working on uh, potentially on, on a course with a, a really uh, reputable company that's still in the works as well. Um, yeah, so just moving and shaking, trying to trying to do what I can. Hey, what you about did, you, you, bro? You, you just sold one book. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your, I want to be your first <laughs> yeah, copy. Yeah, first, first printed copy. I'm going to buy one for my mom, too. I'll buy one for her out there. <laughs> and, and my English teacher. I think that didn't fail me when I probably should have when I was in high school. There we go. <laughs> what about you, Ron? Uh, so for me, I think that one of the uh, most meaningful things that I've learned over kind of getting into the coaching space is – and giving back a bit more is listening because there's yeah. been so many times where I have offered advice. I've tried to give back, but I was giving it to the wrong person. I yeah. wasn't understanding what their need was, what they were really asking for. Sometimes when I'm in conversation, I notice that someone is just looking for a soundboard. Yeah. They're not even looking for advice. And you can almost give advice by just being present and maybe asking a question like, can you expand on that this a bit more? I'm curious. And through that, they might learn something new just through thinking through that idea or that process. Mm -hmm. So for me, definitely listening. So did somebody model that that you saw, that, like whether it's a boss, family member, or something like that? Or is that just something that you, um, you know, like in marriage, I've run into that one. When my <laughs> wife brings up something, she's not actually looking for the answer. Right. She's sometimes just wanting to talk about something mm -hmm. on that side. But I mean, have you? did you have a boss who really modeled that? Uh, I, th I would say so. I've had some very patient, uh, security practitioners that have worked with me throughout my career. So, uh, my, one of my mentors, Marcus Carey, he released tribe of hackers, but mm -hmm. years and years ago, uh, I was still in high school working at a public access channel and he took the time to ask me, what are you interested in? Talk to the youth. He was asking me, what, what, what was I interested in? I was telling him, I'm a hacker, you know, I'm doing all this stuff with Linux. Yeah. And he didn't uh, necessarily give me any advice. He asked me to run a few commands. He was like, oh, you know about Linux? Like, show me a few commands. And I, I didn't know, like, uh, how far along he was in his career at that, that point. So I was showing him a few things, and he was just very patient and just took it in and then gave me the advice, and I, I believe, in a more packaged way, something that I could really digest and and be successful from hmm. hey i've always been curious i don't know if you guys said it on the first episode how did you guys start doing this and not like with the equipment and things like that like what was the genesis that got you guys to like start to step forward and take action that's a good question uh i'm sure we both have two sides of the story <laughs> absolutely uh, I, from my perspective, I would say it was the move. That was – That's for me too. Yeah. But, yeah, we still <laughs> have move, two sides yeah. for sure. The move. Um, and uh, fortunately, you know, I was doing some things, and Chris was giving me advice on uh, quite a few things, blog, and we, we always share notes. We used to work together. 
And uh, when he moved out, I knew what it could mean for the collaboration opportunities and what it could mean for his career, what it could mean for my career if we got together and started a lot of conversations. Oh, some amongst ourselves, some with you, you know, we're having a great time, great conversations. So I think just Chris and I's synergy and w desire to have conversations sparked this whole creative project. Yeah, and it, I think it was so awesome the, the way it kind of played out because I've always been uh, to myself. Like, I, this is the most exposed to the world I've ever been, like this year, that, January 1 until now. That's hard to believe. It, it, <laughs> I mean, that, it, that's the truth. You can ask my wife. It I mean, is I, very hard to believe because like, you're a very warm, like, come on in, let's hug, connection. It, like you're, You know what's crazy is I, I've spent my entire life reaching out to people, even people from my past. Like, even like from 25 years old, I was pretty successful back then. And I would still reach out to people from like back on the block and just say, hey, how you doing? Checking in. Like I, I never forgot where I came from, but I was always received with like coldness. Like it's just kind of like, oh, you do you, you know, whatever. And I'm still doing me. And I, I, I never understood. And, and I would continue to reach out to people, reach out to people because I wanted connection to people. And this year with the move and, you know, starting my role at Netflix and, and getting together with Ron, I, I, I had all this built up. I wouldn't say knowledge, but I had all these things that I wanted to say and tell people because I, I would iterate on stuff over my own mind. I would have conversations with myself like, how do I get better? What do I do this? And, you know, what, maybe if I do this, I'll get better. And I, I do all this experimentation. And then after 10 plus years of doing it, I have all this stuff that I think I could share with people. And actually, and then Ron gave me that like platform because he already had the gear and stuff. Like, I, I would have been the guy with the <laughs> laptop like, Hello, everybody. This is Chris, and uh, this is my podcast. But he had the gear. He had already been doing it, so I, I learned so much from him because he, he even did a, a stint where he did a show, like, every day by live himself. Stream. Yeah, Seriously. live stream. Yeah. And bold, man. <laughs> it it is. That. That's bold. And, and even, like, in the very beginning where you don't have a lot of traction and, and followership, he just grinded away and just kept going. And I was like, you know, I, I want to be a part of that. And so when you get his tenacity with – uh, my, my like explosion of, of like being on, onto the scene. Like it, it just was like, awesome. It was a match made. Very harmonious. Yes. <laughs> That's a really cool story. Yeah. I think like that alone is going to get people like it just to be, um, to make yourself vulnerable. Like, that's a hard thing. Like that's a hard thing for me as well. Like I haven't done anything like this on my side, like even talking with this stuff, but like a lot of people in our industry, that's kind of not the MO. Right. To be like that as well, too. Yeah. And I think that's really cool how much is opened. And then I think, like, it also shows, like, how just that growth orientation and the mindset and the learning. And, hey, you can have fun. Right. You can have a really cool job. Like, you guys have super cool jobs with, like, amazing companies. And you know what? You can have fun. Right. And you can bring people into this exactly. thing. And it's, like, it's only getting bigger. Exactly. The space, the game, the challenges, the problems. I think mm -hmm. that's like really cool. I think there's a bigger thing you guys are doing than sitting on a couch talking, which I think is going to be fun to see how it plays out because it's opening people out that it's not this black box. Like you have to have this mysterious background no. and stuff. Right. And yeah. Anyway, I think that's that's one thing that attracts me. Yeah. Um, on my side, I think that's like going to be really neat to see the way it magnifies across the industry. 
with the way you guys are doing this. It, you touched on two points. Uh, one is I, I try to show that fun side. Like you see some of my posts are like barely LinkedIn appropriate. Like I, I had the um, Beyonce's they, band. They, they go viral though. Man. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. That did you really, go, really you well. go viral. You get more likes on a post than I've gotten ever since I've been a LinkedIn member. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. But I, I, I like to show people that it's, it, it can be fun. Like you can do great things and it doesn't have to all be like – hum and drum and and mud on your face and like just drudgery of the work you can have fun while you're doing it too and the and in fact the harder you work the more fun you can have have you always had that philosophy uh no not always uh so this is even uh getting into some personal stuff but uh my dad he is a very much uh uh go to work and come home and that's it like that's his life but he he loves it he loves the grind of, of, you know, driving trucks and, and putting, you know, fixing engines and stuff like that. And that's all he wants to do. And it, the fun stuff for him is going to the gym. That, that's what he does. He goes to the gym, he works out, and, and, and anything outside of that would just be like icing on the cake. And so I, I kind of thought that that was the, the epitome of what a person would do is just, just do work, work out, and take care of your family, and that's it. But I think I've had the opportunity of being in cybersecurity and being exposed to all of this extra stuff. So, like, when I first got to Silicon Valley, uh, when I, I wasn't even planning on going to RSA, but people coaxed me. I think you're one of the people that made sure I, I showed up to RSA. And then I, I go and I see uh, Paris Hilton DJing, and she was awesome. I was like, oh, my goodness, what the heck? You know, people aren't going to be exposed to stuff like this. Uh, but I, I want to, like, encourage people to, to have fun make memories and make stories Paris Hilton DJing she's I good that, that was that was Nikki B who I think might have been coaxing you to probably to, to come out for the <laughs> yeah. Chipino, the yeah, Chipino. The Chipino. The, yeah yeah the Chipino was the draw it was the draw it was the how, draw how do you I'm just curious how do you guys feel about like when you see um the DJs the parties and all that stuff because there's there's you know when you come to these conferences we're here right we're here at the conference here now does that give you um, a lot of energy to go to those events and the parties? Um, I know you've talked about naturally you prefer tables of four or smaller. Yep, it's kind of more your bag. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. how about you on your side? For me, uh, when I was first getting into the game, I actually really enjoyed going to the parties. I couldn't speak to anybody because it's too loud, but mm-hmm. I knew that if I kept putting myself in that space that I would get uh, either some connections, some – uh, you know, familiarity with people over time. It would just take a lot longer. I do believe that you can use that to your advantage to get connected with more uh, managers, directors. A lot of CISOs even go to black hat parties now too. So there's always an opportunity to get connected. But I think your voice is one of your most powerful weapons. It's something that can really help change your life. But if you're out at these parties and you're speaking so loud – you can lose the voice for the next day. Yeah, you can. <laughs> We've all been there. The, yeah. the, the, the golden voice. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. love that. The so, voice. So the story is the voice is the most powerful weapon. But if you don't got that, go party. Yeah. No. Yep. Um, so I think it's a balance. You know, there's a balance. You sh- You definitely should, uh, you know, interact. But at the same time, be responsible and take care of yourself and the situation. Mm-hmm. There's a very um, fortuitous, like, there's a lot of serendipity in the networking, too, that happens in our industry. Yes. Just by putting yourself, being present. Yep. By going there. Um, I haven't, I can't think of anything I've ever gone to 
that I haven't like really met somebody that didn't end up tying back to something else or yep. you see them again later. Right, right. Um, you know, it's like you go to a conference and you might not know many people and you're kind of going through a buffet line and you end up seeing somebody or you're grabbing for that last like shrimp scampi that's coming by the thing. And then it's like you see that person four more times throughout the thing. Yep, right. And then you end up connecting. And then right. later by the cocktail reception, you're kind of talking. And and then it turns out you have a lot more to talk about than what it is mm-hmm. on yep. there. Um, that's one thing like on my side going to conferences and stuff like this. I think it's fun to see the way it's a small, big industry yeah. right, that we're all in. Uh, to piggyback off of that did you ever collect uh sports cards when you were a kid oh yeah i still got them in my basement that's awesome so do you know that feeling when you open up a package and and you don't know what's in there but you are so like you anticipate seeing something you're like i can't believe i got this card yeah that's how I feel like when I go to these parties. Like a King Griffey Jr. Yeah, exactly. Griffey yeah, Jr. rookie, rookie card. Yeah, like, exactly. Man. Yep, and that would be amazing. So th- that's how I feel when I go to parties. So I'm not a party guy. I don't drink in excess and get drunk. And that's cool if you do. I just don't I don't like feeling that way in social events. But not only running into people that I haven't run into years, like just seeing people you haven't seen. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're here. You're so excited. But then also just like those serendipitous uh, 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 unions of new people, uh, you see people that can, uh, you know, shoot you into the stratosphere or, or a connection that can help solve a problem that you've been facing for a long time. And you're like, oh, just talk to this person. It's done. Your problem's fixed. And so that's why I kind of feel like when I go to these parties, because I know there, there's going to be somebody I know. Sure. And there's always going to be somebody that I need to know. Right. <laughs> that's so true. So true. Uh, did you guys go to any parties this year? We're still at Black Hat. Well, Black Hat is now over, but DEF CON right, right around the corner. Um, I, I move at a different speed. You know, um, I'm on the sales side in the business on our side, but I stay away from a lot of that on my end. Like we do more dinners and yes. we do things and then the days are pretty hectic um, as well. And um, that's I'm, I'm more like you. On, on in terms of like what we were talking about on that side so that's an underutilized resource is the fact that there's a lot of great and amazing restaurants to eat at we have linkedin at our disposal you could host your own little party it could be you a could. party a it's dinner true. party you know yeah. in fact i think is we that need to sneak, do that is we that need, a sneak peek for 2020 I, I think we just set it up <laughs> next year i think we need to have like a seg of course the name will be different then probably but I think we need to have a dinner, invite yeah. some people, make it small, intimate, you know, invite maybe some past podcast members or <laughs> guests and, you know, make a dinner of it. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Well, it's funny you brought up like that, like with the parties, because most people think, you know, you come to these, it's a boondoggle. I mean, they think there's nothing more um, than it's you're going to Vegas for a sales conference. There's yeah. You couldn't be more of a boondoggle. And like. Um, we talk about a lot on my team, just like the dichotomy of sales. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things people think happen. And then there's kind of like the reality of that you see top performers do. Right. And one of them is, right, they think, um, and there's people who fit all these molds, though. But they think, like, if you're in sales, you need to be the life of the party. Right. You need to be the the, the wild, you know, that yeah. thing. Right. And, like, on me, on my side as well, I don't drink on my mm-hmm. end. I gave it up, kind of found out it worked out best for me. Yeah. Um, and that was just a personal preference. Right. But then like it's um, a lot of people don't think that that's even a, an option because right. they think they're in sales because what yeah. do guys do? Guys don't meet to talk. 
Um, I mean, well, we're doing it. We're having fun talking. <laughs> yeah. But, you know what I mean? Guys aren't like, hey, man, do you want to just go to the coffee shop and just talk? Normally, like, you know, a lot of people, it's like, let's go have a beer. Let's go meet and do that. And then that becomes kind of like the thing in business, too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think it's got to be a party or you got to go meet for a drink. And they don't even realize that, like, hey, you can really do well. And the people that you want to sell to and you want to connect with, most of them, you know, they're kind of keeping it dialed into in a lot of ways, too. Right. But, yeah. like, that's something we talk about. There's a lot of different dichotomies. But, like, that's one of them, too, yeah. that a lot of people have. And then, like, especially since we're out in Vegas. Yeah. Inside. Big time. Yeah. People think. So, me, not a lot of parties, but I had a lot of fun. Mm, had yeah. A, had great. a great time. Yeah. That, Jonathan, thank you so much for, for coming on. This has been one of my favorite episodes to film ever. So glad you made thank it. Thank you. Uh, just take a, some time and, and let the folks know how they can reach out to you, uh, how they can reach out to some of the stuff that you're you're doing with the the nonprofit, like anything you want to let people know that they want to get in touch with you. Well, first off, thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. You know, this is my first time doing something like this. So yeah, a lot of fun, a little nerves before yeah. all that, but like a lot of fun connecting with you guys. And, Absolutely. Uh, I keep it simple. I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably what I check the most on my side. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, a couple of the groups that we were talking about is um, – uh, the coaching for literacy, it's a really cool, more of like a startup, um, environment that's having a huge impact. And it's all about tie back to the youth literacy. And then the security advisor Alliance too, as well, which we connected as well, just like first class, great group, um, of security leaders too, from that component of it as well. But, um, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Thanks. We'll see you all next time.